and welcome to Headbangers. Nah, I'm just messing. You are listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns. I am your host here each and every week, and we thank you for joining us. Week by week, we continue to grow. Can you get the word out about these great artists that are bringing your favorite beers and breweries to life? It is happening. It is all happening. And we thank you, thank you, thank you. Muchos gracias, amigos. So on this week's episode, we have Mike Lawrence. Mike's checking into us via Atlanta by way of South Africa. So it's a nice little commute there. We came to learn Mike through the work that he's doing with one of my favorite breweries in the country, maybe even in the world. Tired Hands Brewing out of Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Right outside of my hometown of Philadelphia. Great brewery. They continue to grow. First time I was turned on to them was at the Brew Cafe. Now they have the Fermentaria, the dispensary, which they're utilizing for their growth and the upcoming launch of the general store in conjunction with their fifth anniversary. So we wish them a little happy birthday, a little early happy birthday. We will spare them the singing. But it's great to talk to Mike. Big fan of his work. He and I have something in common, which is uh, pretty awesome. It's not just the good looks, but um, we will we'll leave that as the teaser for you. But love Mike's uh, black and white work. His pen and ink is just it's just really great to see how he utilizes social media, sharing his different projects, different phases of the of the of the art. It's cool to see he does some some cool tricks with time lapse photography. I've even been fortunate enough to catch a, you know, one of his live drawings, which we really liked seeing that. We featured the the sickle that he did on the 16OunceCanvas.com, where you can learn more information about Mike. Check out his website. Follow him on Instagram, Mike Illustrated, and you go to his website, MikeLawrenceIllustration.com. So let's just get right into it. Like again, you're listening to the 16 Ounce Canvas. This is episode number 12, one two. So we're cracking it. I'm about to finish our first 12-pack, so we cannot be more excited to share this one with you. It was really a pleasure to get to speak to Mike, and I think you'll really enjoy this one. So without further ado, you are listening to Mike Lawrence, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. Enjoy. So here we are. I have Mike Lawrence, who's joining us here on the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer. Thanks, Mike, for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Excellent, excellent. Now, where are you based these days, Mike? I'm based in Atlanta. Okay. All right. Yeah, you have a you have a Michigan phone number, and I believe you're from South Africa. So, how did you end up in Atlanta? <laughs> well, well, the Michigan phone number is actually my from my wife. She's from Michigan, so I just kind of ended up with it that way. Um, and then, yeah, I'm originally from South Africa. And I originally came over to the States to study, basically to go to university. Um, and then from there, I just kind of ended up at an art school in Savannah, Georgia. And then I met my wife. She got a job in Atlanta. And then we just kind of came here. Yeah, I've been, I've been to Savannah. It is, uh, it's, it's quite toasty down there, so... It's, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's a unique kind of hot. People are like, oh, I've done ninety, and you're like, no, you've never done you've never done Savannah ninety. It's like unique. It just kind of gets in gets under your clothes, and 
Yeah, it's the humidity for sure. It's like living in a swamp. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, there's there's some great people down there and some good stuff to do, but it's not. A, I couldn't imagine you know being a, a long term destination. Yeah, it's a little much, <laughs> but I'm used to it. I guess I've gone from like one hot place to the next. Well, so. I, yeah, I was gonna say at least yeah, you probably at least you're not going from. I mean, your wife's probably that's gotta be a little more of a shock to her family coming from Michigan to to visit in Savannah. Yeah, a little bit more definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Now. If you wouldn't mind just giving a little, you know, background about yourself, you obviously, you know, studied, you said you studied art, so, you know, how did that, were you always an artist, was that a passion growing up, or is it just something that, you know, came to you later? Um, well, it's, I mean, throughout my life, I've pretty much always been drawing. Um, my mother is actually a printmaker, so... Her whole like life revolves around art, and now she's retired now. But then she became um, an art teacher for a while too. So I've always just been surrounded by it. Um, and then just as a kid, I always really liked drawing and you know coming up with all kinds of crazy stuff. And just because my uh, mom was artistically inclined, she you know encouraged me to pursue that. And I think besides you know other random things like throughout my life like the one thing I would like always wanted to actually do professionally is artwork so it's kind of always been like a, a lifelong goal of mine I guess even before I really knew you know what I was aiming for uh, so just going through there didn't really to me I didn't really see like another path in my life that I would kind of enjoy as much so I just kind of did everything I could to uh, make it happen pretty much um, so my first like my freshman year of college I, ended, I was actually at the University of South Carolina um, just for various reasons but their art program kind of sucks <laughs> I think my major was drawing so it was like really non-specific and then I through some friends of mine I just found out about the uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, or SCAD, as most people call it. And then I transferred there and took up illustration, and pretty much that's it. Just been going since then. So that was a big, you know, big turning point going to SCAD. Did you? That's kind of when you found your. You said illustration versus just kind of the general study of, of drawing. So is that how you really? you know, the, the black and white, or the, the pen and ink style, was that where you developed that, or was that always kind of your your go-to? Um, well, it's always kind of been my go-to, and I didn't really know why until I was, I think it was my first year at SCAD, so I was, I was 19, and I we did like a test in this one class, a color theory class, and I actually found out that I'm colorblind, but, you know, I don't see everything in black and white, but I see like a bunch of different colors differently so for me working with color like I've always found it really difficult to try and figure out which colors like blend with each other or work well with each other even as like a little kid I always just kind of stuck to drawing with just plain pencils or you know just pens or something right so the black and white I feel like it's kind of it was almost built into me and then I've just embraced it and kind of decided that that's the path I wanted to take. Um, but as far as 
going to SCAD, that was definitely a turning point because I kind of was exposed to what you could do with illustration as opposed to, you know, when you say drawing, you think of still lives or something, just like drawing an object. But when it's illustration, it's far more graphic. And a lot of times you're trying to like convey something with an image. So, but like going to SCAD, it just kind of opened that, opened up the door um, to seeing kind of what, how many different things I could actually do with an illustration degree. Well, that's, yeah, Mike, I, I am a fellow colorblinder, so I totally understand. And I think, oh, nice. yeah, I was, um, and, and it's weird. I mean, I'm always really drawn, I think, to black and white artists and photography. And, and I, I think it's, I, I don't know if it's because of that, but I've always found myself drawn towards that. And I think it's just helped me. At least I, I know in that moment that I'm in the, the right color palette, right? So it's only two colors. Yeah. And it's easy to, to kind of go from there. And when you tell people you're, you're colorblind, you get the, what color is this? What color is that? Da-da-da. Exactly. And it's like, I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a dog. I don't see in black and white. You know, it's just kind of. Yeah. I, yeah. My take has always been that I, pro- I have a theory that we see better colors and that we're just not as constricted or, you know, restricted by the the color the color norms that everyone else has so I, I try to flip it on its head yeah that's a good way to think about it <laughs> i just kind of eliminate it <laughs> yeah well that's yeah it's good i mean i think that yeah yeah i mean i always I, like i said always black and white is really or just things with like thick lines and you know simple simple colors because a lot of yeah and my wardrobe you would notice it's very it's very simple you know it's very i, I think there's certain blues i can see and certain other ones and then yeah, I'm not. I'm yeah, not, I'm not. I'm not taking any chances there. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> Just keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Well, good. There's a. There should be a club for that. I always find it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> now, your your process and is that your it's pen and ink and I what I, one thing I've noticed recently in kind of researching is there the live drawings that you've been doing on Instagram, which I think are. Are great. I think it's amazing to see that, and just kind of even how you're able to interact with you know with the people watching it. I think the first one I saw was the the tiny sickle, which I thought was sick. So that was that was awesome. Oh yeah, that was the first one I actually. That was just like a test one I did, but that it worked out really well. Yeah, how did you decide to do that? We were just like, oh well, it's on my. I've been getting a lot of you know good feedback on Instagram, and now they have this new feature. Let's give it a let's give it a shot and see what happens. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, literally just, I, you know, updated my phone and saw Instagram had like a live streaming thing. So, and then I saw like a few, um, a couple other people were doing some, like doing stuff with it. So I just thought it would be a cool way to kind of interact with people because a lot of times, you know, I'm just like sitting at home behind a desk by myself drawing for hours on end in a day. And if all I need to do is just kind of, I've got like a little, I basically got a piece of Velcro on the back of my phone and one on my, and some on my drawing lamp. So I just like stick my phone onto my lamp and then just kind of hit stream and it's right in front of my, like right in front of me. So I can actually see, you know, see people commenting and respond to them and have actually ended up kind of having some pretty fun conversations with people. Um, over like the hour I think that Instagram lets you stream so it was just kind of a nice way to, for me to like shamble with people and also kind of break up my day if I'm kind of bored 
you know, I'll just like do a live stream or something and hopefully I kind of chat with people a little bit. Uh, but I thought it was, you know, a good way to just kind of use the time that I'm like already using to just sit at home and draw and try and make a little bit more out of it. Um, and people seem to enjoy it. I know that it can be like really tedious just watching someone do, you know, dots <laughs> for like an hour, but, and I didn't really think that people would actually want to watch it, but there have been quite a few people who stayed through for almost the whole hour and stuff. So it's turned into something pretty cool. Yeah. One of the, it wasn't a, a live one, but I think on the, on the Instagram, which I think is really a great tool. Um, a lot of artists you know, that that's kind of, and it's been, it helped me to find them. But I think there's one where you do like a time lapse and it's like, you know, I think you mentioned you worked on it for a couple hours and it's like condensed into like a minute. So it's just like, it's crazy. It's like, you know, all the dots and to see everything. And then, you know, a minute later, but it's really you working on that for hours. It's, that was pretty crazy to me. Yeah, the time lapses are pretty fun. It's kind of, yeah, I know what you mean. Like you put in all the hours and then you watch it over like 30 seconds, you know, and <laughs> for some time, sometimes I'm like, you know, is that it? Like <laughs> I just get 30 seconds out of those hours. Right, you get a couple, um, yeah, people are like, oh, that was great. And you're like, yeah, you know, it's like, okay. But I, th I think, <laughs> yeah, I think as an artist, I think that you've really used that medium really well. I think it's a great tool for what you're doing. Yeah, it's worked out. It's pretty, it's worked out well. I mean, I just remember from, I don't know, a few years ago watching some of my favorite artists. They would do, a few of them would do kind of time lapses on and just kind of put it on YouTube and stuff. So, I remember kind of seeing that and then by chance I actually saw that there was like a time lapse like app for an iPhone. So I just kind of downloaded it and then just kind of played around with it. And I think like the like the technology and cell phones is everything and everything has just made it so e you know so easy to do stuff because before when I first started doing time lapse videos. I'd have to set up like a whole DSLR camera and it would get like just really complicated. But now it comes down to like me just sticking my phone on my lamp and opening an app and it's, you know, I can either stream or do a pretty cool time-lapse video. So just finding those tools has made a really, really big difference. And as you say, with Instagram, it just kind of, works out really well if you can do that kind of consistently people really seem to enjoy watching like a video as opposed to just like a still image yeah i think i think it's really nice because because it's it's not the it's not all the videos so it's kind of nice like you see all these finished products and it's really interesting and people comment on what they like and then they kind of get a little you know view behind the curtain so to speak i think that's really i think it's really interesting but also it's kind of That'd be nerve-wracking for me, you know, just that, like, even if somebody right now was watching me. I mean, I used to do radio, but for the most part, we were in a closed studio, so no one was really watching what I was doing. So, like, that's, that, that to me is interesting, too. Like, if you, you know, if you flub or kind of the, the line goes, you know, and you're trying to talk to somebody about music while you're doing it. So, that that's impressive in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The first few times I was, like, doing a stream I found you know I found myself being like really nervous while I was drawing um so it just kind of took a bit of getting used to you know but generally I'll only do I'll only do a stream when 
I kind of have all the framework of the image down, so it's pretty much shading. And then that's something that's like a little bit more autonomous for me. You know, um, I'll kind of pick what I'll stream. The time-lapse stuff is different because that's just like a photo, so I'm not interacting with people. But I have had people ask me to do like a do like a live stream and more like crucial parts of the drawing, like when I'm actually penciling it out in the beginning and all of that stuff. But that's just, I just can't do that because I have to like actually think, you know, about the drawing and where things are going. So I can't kind of like have an internal conversation with myself and an external one with multiple people on a live stream. So I definitely need to like pick and choose. Well, I think it's smart. Kind of what... Yeah. I think it's smart. I mean, obviously the sketching part, I mean, art is not a, a flawless, you know, medium. You're not just everything you do mm-hmm. 100% of the time becomes what you're ending up with. So I think that, yeah, I think that how you're handling it is, I think, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I, and I hopefully some other artists are checking out for, for some inspiration. Yeah, I hope so. I have seen, I've seen a couple other artists do um, like some live streams of their drawing and stuff as well. Um, a few comic book artists I know have like started doing it more regularly, but, yeah, I agree. I think it's, I enjoy like watching other artists process just as much as people like, um, I guess, like watching mine. So it's already, it's just such a nice way to get an insight, you know, to someone's like, kind of like their drawing desk, essentially. Um, right. It's a really fun tool. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's this, you know, you're, you're creating art, but there's not, there's not unknown who's enjoying it. Obviously you have a pretty good following. You know, I think that you have over, you know, 20,000 followers, which I think is pretty, pretty impressive. But I think so just the actual, be able to personalize and have it be, you know, a tangible thing of you know real people checking you out. That's kind of nice to see too. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to get, you kind of get immediate feedback, you know, whereas before you just kind of put something on Instagram and, hope you have a bunch of people commenting on it. Um, So I think it also gives people a better, I haven't been the best about kind of putting my like personality out there. I've just like, I don't really like having photos of myself or anything on my Instagram. So I think the live stream is a, has been the best way for me to kind of break that barrier because I can just have conversations with people and I don't have to worry about, you know, having photos or videos of myself or anything. And it's nice that it isn't, you know, it's once it's done, like it's gone. That's kind of what I like the most about it. So if I do, you know, make a fuck up or something like that, it doesn't really matter. Um, It's not something that's permanently, you know, on the internet forever. So yeah, I I think that that kind of makes it. Yeah. I noticed a lot of folks don't, don't really like to have their their picture on this the artist it's probably of other folks i've talked to it's probably like i don't know 70 percent don't really have much on there I, i'd like hey do you have like a photo i can have you know for the the article so i can you know have a picture of you and it's like and eh, you don't have to do that i'm like okay i'm like but if you had one i'd appreciate it you know it's like because <laughs> like, i'll scroll through like you know all these photos you know and it's like there's nothing so it's like okay i get what you're doing <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have a pretty similar mindset as me, you know. I mean, I I think there's a lot of people, if they're doing, well, at least for me, if, if I'm trying to make it, you know, like a professional 
kind of page essentially on Instagram. I don't really want to, I just want to have my work up there. You know, I'll post about, I kind of use, I use like the Instagram stories kind of thing as more of a personable stuff like music and just other kind of random stuff. But when it comes to like my main Instagram feed, I definitely try and curate it, you know, so people have like, a good page to kind of scroll through when they come and visit my profile, you know, instead of every like third or fourth image being like a photo of myself, you know, I'd rather it just not be essentially about me, you know, but have it more about like the imagery and stuff. So I think there's a lot of people with a similar kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, as I, you've seen. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's smart and I think, you know, like it has a theme and overall theme to it, which I really like. You know, even when it's a personal picture, it's black and white. So it's that's it just kind of subtly reinforces that that's your your go to, that's your medium. And you know, obviously, you know, you're taking a picture at a concert, or you're taking a picture of you know one of the final products. You know, and it's still it's still black and white. So I, I I really like that. I noticed that it's 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 subtle, but it kind of it keeps with the branding, so to speak. Yeah, it's a it does make it a little bit easier sometimes easier sometimes not because you know sometimes like i'll be at a concert and i'm trying to take a black and white photo of a band in like a really dark setting and it just like looks like shit so (laughs) it's good and bad but i know what you mean it definitely helps keep it all kind of on theme even if it's not like a thematic photo itself yeah it, it reinforces even when it's not your artwork it reinforces that your artwork or your aesthetic is black and white. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Now this is the one question I cringe when I have to ask, you know, artists, but it's, how would you describe your aesthetic? Like how, how would you kind of dumb it down for the, you know, for the audience? Mm, I I think I would try, I try and most of the time I try and create an image that I see as fun. Like a lot of the time, like if it's personal stuff, um, yeah, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I'm trying to think of how to like describe my own artwork now. Um, come on, Mike, summarize, think... summarize your life in like, you know, in a, in a quick soundbite. Okay. Come on, go. In four words. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Verted elevator. It just started. Go. Third floor. Uh, I'd, no. say, I'd say probably like humorous and dark. Okay. That's, that's what I would yeah. say. Um, you know, there's definitely when it's personal stuff, man. I like I like funny stuff. So, but I also like kind of twisted stuff. So it'd probably be like dark, humorous, and a bit twisted. I think. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, because it's like uh, you know, smashing someone's skull in, you know, literally, and then like it's but it's done with like you know, pretty tongue in cheek. You know, it's got you know. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not that serious. I don't really think of my like work as really serious work. Um, which is what I like because I like to be able to look at a drawing. For me, it's like if I look at a drawing and it like makes me laugh, then like for me, it's a good drawing. You know, it's kind of a weird way to gauge things. But for me, if something's like humorous, it means that they've conveyed like an image, like a feeling really well. Um, so it just resonates with me. Yeah, I think that's a good, good explanation. Um, yeah, it's the one question. I think I was really proud of myself when I wrote up the original questions I would ask, and but every time I ask it, I'm like, ugh, because I'm I'm not as arty, and I, so I was like, it's like the one question I'm not 100 percent sure of myself, but I'm like, 
that sounds like a good like art word to ask someone about their aesthetic. And I'm like, <laughs> and every time I ask it, there's always like these pauses. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm just gonna keep asking for people, but at least it'll. I think it'll be good for a laugh if we can preface it with it being such a terrible question to have to ask. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it's good to ask the difficult questions. You know, I mean, I haven't, I haven't thought about that in quite a while, and I think a lot of other artists don't either. You just get so caught up in your work that you don't always even like think about right it's know, a that. Ve- yeah it's a very like sterile like university question like okay you need to yeah. have your own aesthetic now when you go out there for you... sure it's like your thesis <laughs> yeah exactly and we're not yeah we're definitely there's no credits being earned here so we're just having a good time <laughs> All right. What do you think, folks? I am enjoying it. I am happy to share this one with you. It was really great to talk to Mike. Our secret from the first part that we were hinting at is we are fellow colorblinders. Hey, we are out there. We are everywhere. You are listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. This is episode number 12. It's crazy. Remember, you can check us out via our website, 16ozcanvas.com, 16ouncecanvas.com. You can also use that 16ozcanvas on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Tell your friends, spread the word. We do, we do, we do appreciate you and you and you. No, no shit. I mean, it really means a lot. So just when we hear a friend told me about it or someone reaches out to us, it just goes a long way. And if there's artists out there, we'd love to meet you. So please don't be shy. We do not bite. 16OZCanvas. Throw up the hashtag, the pound sign, tic-tac-toe, whatever it is you describe it as. Just get in touch with us. Let us know who we should be checking out. And we have some great news in the works. So we already have announced our second 12-pack, which will be starting next episode, next week episode, Lucky 13, Mike Van Hall. He does work with Aslan and Stillwater Artisanal. We're really happy to have Mike. He's really a fine art connoisseur, so it was really nice to talk to him, not only about the work that he's doing for the breweries, but just art in general. It was very interesting and insightful. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, folks. You are listening to episode number 12 right now. The one and only Mike Lawrence coming to you live here on the 16-ounce canvas. Like I said, we learned about Mike through his work with Tired Hands. We're going to get into that and how he connected with Gene, their process, how he works with them. And we'll uh, keep you updated on all things all things with Mike. I'm excited Mike's relaunching his web store on his website, MikeLawrenceIllustration.com. I need to get myself some fresh gear. He's got some cool stuff up that he's previously selling, but from what I've heard that with the launch of the general store, they're going to be selling some of his prints there, maybe some of his, his gear. So hopefully it's tied into that. Again, the fifth anniversary for Tired Hands. So congratulations on all the hard work there. Many years in the making. And who knows? We'll, we'll hopefully have you know, one of our, our bucket listers. Hopefully we'll have Gene on the, uh, on the podcast in the future to talk about the other cans that he does and a lot of the artwork and just visual and vision that he has over there, not just for the beer, but just kind of for tired hands in general. So thank you once again. You're listening to 16-Ounce Canvas. We're going to get right back into it. You're listening to Mike Lawrence. 
right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. A little Ozzy for you, Black Sabbath. Yes, sir. Now, I again, um, the reason we, we connected with you is the, the work that you've been doing with, with Tired Hands, and I think that's one good thing I really have seen with you know the social is now I think now more than ever I've noticed that the breweries and definitely tired hands but you know give credit when they you know a new a new beer comes out or a new you know p- piece of artwork that goes with it you know they just just that simple you know buy this you know buy Mike you know you mm-hmm. know and, yeah and, and which by the way if you haven't um, we haven't uh, mentioned it it's uh, Mike Illustrated is the Instagram account and then it's uh, Mike Lawrence Illustration dot com. Uh, is is the website? So make sure you you check that out. But yeah, I think that's really great. That was, you know, early on. You know, my probably one of my favorite beers from them um, to this day is Alien Church, and I and that was one of the first ones with the, the kind of the, the photosynthesis of the of the taste buds. Yeah, that that really was when they went from that um, standard label to you know more custom you know piece of artwork, which I really loved. Yeah, that was the uh, that Alien Church kind of series of designs was actually the first. It was the first thing I'd actually ever done for them, um, and I'm not even sure. I'm it was was originally for a set of like glasses that they got made. I wasn't even sure if it was going to actually be used for the Alien Church cans, um, but I do. I love that that concept of that, that was actually Gene, the owner of Tired Hands, who came to me with uh, like this, the concept of like a photosynthesizing tongue, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, that was the first thing I did for them and it's kind of grown exponentially from there. Yeah, I was trying to keep a list of, of some of the stuff you'd done and it was it was, it was really impressive, you know, uh, Alien Church, Found a Scythe, Pineal, New Extra Knuckle, Big Dream, Sympathetic, Space Needle, Alien, Baph- some of them are always, their, their names are always harder to say too, they always had these Yeah, long... there was like Alien, Baphomet, and then the yeah. one was ev- Eviscerated Pathway of Beauty. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So I was like, yeah. that's like a mouthful for a beer. <laughs> yeah, because I used to, I first would go there, I'm originally from the, the Philadelphia area, so I would kind of tie in a, a trip home or a business trip and try to get to the, the cafe. And some of the names they'd be on the chalkboard, they'd be two lines long. So I, I got to give them credit. Just whoever does the chalk at the, at the fermentaria or at the, the cafe to fit all those names, you know, on there. I just think it's, oh. I, find that inter- I find that interesting to begin with. Yeah. It's pretty funny when I was there actually doing a mural, they, I was inside and they were trying to come up with different like new names you know, for all their beers, because they've come up with so many, they, I mean, they brew at such a, like, a fast rate that it's pretty funny, because they are, bat- like, sometimes battle to kind of think of a new name, you know, for a beer, because they've already used so many, and then, yeah, trying to fit it on that little chalkboard, along with, like, nine other <laughs> long beer names, it's quite, quite difficult. Yeah, and originally, I mean, at the cafe, it was kind of one and done for the most part. It was, you know, other than, I believe, Hop Hands and Saison Hands, most of them, you know, it'd be very rare for them to come back again. So I think just because of limited space and, you know, what they had equipment-wise, but now they've kind of, 
blown that model out and it's it's really great to see the but still i mean the, the amount of new beers that come out of there on, on a regular basis is pretty pretty amazing yeah i think they i mean i think they almost exchange all the taps like every two or three weeks you know and if we were doing like 12 of your own beers that's that's a lot <laughs> that's yeah, a really high rate of turnover yeah, I think it's great, and I think it just shows how adventurous they are and unique. And I think even just the artwork, you know, there at the fermentaria and what they're having you do, I think it fits into what they're doing. I think they're they're not complacent. They're not trying to do anything. You know, they're just trying to do what they what they want and do it their own way. And I think that that's resonated with a lot of people. Definitely, yeah, they're definitely got their you know they have their own path that they're following. And I mean, I haven't. It was interesting kind of being with them for, I've been up there for like a total of two weeks now doing murals and stuff and seeing how, like how hard they actually work. It's uh, really impressive. I mean, they're just nonstop all day, almost every day. So when you see, you know, what goes into it, you realize, you know, how long it's taken for them and how much work it's taken to kind of get to the point that they're at now so it's good to it's cool to see them getting so much recognition i i I agree completely i mean it's 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 just nice to see because before it was you only take a limited amount with your home and so that was kind of okay i can only get so many growlers how many what should i get and then be all these ones you want to try and so now it's you know i definitely leave there you know adequately supplied for for a while uh, which is great and i think as an artist you know to be like you said it reminds me kind of like the Oh, the metaphor of like the, you know, the duck, right? You see the duck on the water and it looks pretty chill and calm, but underneath the water, it's like, you know, busting yeah. ass and legs are going. I think that's, a, and that's really what's nice about that place. You kind of go in there and it's this beautiful open space. Not only that, the food's great. And, you know, there's all this other stuff that's going on, you know, all the time, you know, new, new barrels coming in, you know, new equipment. And they're just, you know, grinding it out right until the you know release of that new can or you know, new bottle and all of a sudden it just boom it comes to the front and there and there you go yeah it's quite something it's really it's amazing to see all those you know respective pieces come together and how much has to come together just for like one can release you know um and now i think they've they've done like two can releases a week for the past few weeks as well so i mean they're yeah. just at an even faster right now right now, how did you, you said Alien Church was the first one. How did you come to you know, meet Gene? How did that come together? I think Gene actually just emailed me. I think he saw, I'm pretty positive he originally saw my artwork on Instagram. Um, so, you know, once again, Instagram kind of coming through. <laughs> but I believe he just saw it there. And so he just emailed me um, and asked me if I'd like to do some work for them. And I said, sure. I actually had, um, I'd done... There's three different alien church drawings, like the different stages of that decaying, like alien skull. And then I think I did like two more labels. And then I only pretty much like looked up tired hands to see who they were. Cause you know, they were just kind of a client, but then they kept coming back to me for more, more work. So I figured I would do a little bit more kind of research and stuff into them. And then I found out how, you know, popular they are essentially. Um, so I was quite, I was really surprised actually, but then we've just kind of continued working from there and I've developed uh, like a really good friendship with Gene and quite a few of the other guys who work there. So it's really great. It feels like I'm part of the Tired Hands family. 
Yeah, and I think that the amount you've done is kind of just continues to grow. I mean, and what I said before about your style, it's pretty, you know, um, memorable, or you can definitely tell it's it's your work. So I, I've noticed that a lot more, you know, since I've been researching, but your your imagery, you know, keeps coming up more and more. And so I think that's really, it's really great. I mean, I think that you're doing a majority of the, of the work now, which is awesome, awesome to see. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's about, I think I'm doing roughly half now because Gene, Gene does all the other work, like he does it himself. And I know that he used to kind of take one day a week to do the artwork, but now, you know, they're so busy and there's so much other stuff for him to do that he can't keep up, you know, with everything else and doing all the artwork. So last time he spoke was a, I spoke about like work and stuff was a few months ago and he was just saying that it's difficult for him to keep up. So I think that's also part of the reason I've just been getting more work from, from them. It's just because they, they're releasing at a higher rate and canning more and are just busier and Gene can't do as much of the artwork. So, you know, he's just having to delegate more and more. Um, but we've gotten really good responses from all of the, cans and stuff I've done so I think for him it was at first you know it's kind of tough letting go of of another piece of the business that's yours especially as an artist you know like you're seeing that identity on the cans that you're making Um, but I think with like the positive reaction and stuff we've gotten with you know them doing the beer and me doing the artwork um, I think it's just kind of ended up being a really good relationship yeah I think Uh, that while he's busy, I think you also argue kind of that, you know, your work is, you know, is complementary to their vision. So I think obviously he was doing all the work before. And so giving that up, I know, I know you can look at numerous projects, you know, in life or, you know, not just art, but just, you know, that delegating to somebody has got to be hard. And I think, you know, you, you delivering time and time again, and it has been really positive feedback. I think it takes the cans to another level you know that was kind of the reason we started this you know it was yeah beer agnostic but it's been really it's i mean selfishly i've been reaching out to you know breweries whose work i really like you know in the can you know and outside the can so i think that's been great yeah it's really it's really quite something i'm really fortunate to have like such a cool kind of company giving me a lot of work and um it's nice because, as you said, like, you know, my, like, artistic vision kind of falls in line with their business vision or, like, company vision, I guess. So it's really just been such a natural kind of organic process because, you know, I am pretty much creating artwork for them that I would normally, like, you know, that I would make for myself. You know, it's not something that they're trying to get me to do work and I'm just already not happy with it or it's boring. I mean, I still pretty much get to draw, you know, exactly what I want to draw, except, you know, it's with like a really good client. And I mean, I like love beer and especially theirs too. So having it, you know, attached and on thousands of cans that are being sold weekly is, is really cool. It's a really great feeling. So just having that kind of, happens so easily and organically I think just makes it a lot easier to just expand on the relationship because you know that it'll just it'll work out 
Right. And when was the first time you had their beer? Like, I, I assume you probably worked on their stuff for a little while before you actually, you know, being where you are, got to taste it. But Yeah, uh, they... Oh, sorry, what were you saying? No, that was it. That was it, yeah. Okay. I, um... They mailed me some. They'll, they'll mail me beer occasionally. Um, but obviously, it's pretty expensive to ship because it's heavy and they got to keep it cold and stuff. So they don't do it too often. But I think the first... It was it was about three years ago, actually, when I first worked for them. They sent me... <laughs> it was pretty funny because at that point, they weren't actually canning. So, like, that alien church design I did for them, actually, yeah, I did that before they were even canning at all. So, uh, Gene sent me... I think he sent me three or four growlers, like, in the mail. So, I got these two big boxes with you know, like the polystyrene packing in these two massive growlers. And, you know, the way their growlers are, they're not like perfectly sealed. So you have to drink it within a few days. <laughs> so I just ended up with tons of like really, really good beer that I had to drink within two days because it also took a day to like ship. So I ended up just kind of getting drunk two nights in a row off of like really, really good beer. Uh, which was which was awesome. Um, there's nothing quite like receiving like free beer in the mail. Yeah, it's that's kind cool. of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I started uh, trading beer probably I don't know, let's say four years ago, and it, it's always crazy to me. My wife not as much, but yeah, these boxes come in the mail, and yeah, you open up and there's beer in there from you know because di- different distributions around the country, and yeah, it's always it's always crazy. I I I usually get some tired hands growlers in the mail, but now. I have my family's in the area, so I'll just usually, if I know they're coming up there, I'll just have them, you know, head on over. But I, I yeah. still, haven't been, I still haven't been able to convince them to wait in those huge lines for the cans yet. So that's a that's oh, the next, man. that's the next I evolution of that. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't even. I'm not a line person. Like, I wouldn't wait. Like, the beer's worth it, but me personally, it's like I couldn't stand in line for like three or four hours. Yeah, you know, waiting to get my allocation. <laughs> Right. Well, you should. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you have a secret handshake or something. You can kind of get past the the red, you know, the, red <laughs> the red tape. Yeah. Thankfully, I know people there, so I could I could sort of just like walk in. Now I just need to move to Philly so I can get their beer all the time. <laughs> there you go. Now, before you mentioned, you did a pretty massive mural for them. You know. So yeah. I, how how did that come to be? Is that something you had had ever done before? I mean, was that? Yeah. No. No, nothing. I I've never done a mural before before that. So, and if I had, it was when I was you know like ten years old, painting like a shark on a wall or something like that. But not an actual mural. And so, Gene just kind of emailed me. I was like, hey, we've got this massive wall. Um, it'd be ready. And I hadn't been out there in person yet. So, it was like a another reason for me to kind of go out there and meet everybody and become a bit more integrated and then, you know, also paint this really big mural. So I hadn't really ever done one before. And then when I got there, I was pretty surprised at how large the wall actually was because they had told me the measurements, but, you know, until you're standing in front of something, it's kind of hard to picture it in your head. So when I got there and I saw the wall, I was kind of, worried <laughs> that I was actually going to be able to pull it off because I had no idea. Um, but 
I was able to like kind of just grid like put the image on like a grid pattern and then just scale it up onto the wall. And luckily, I had uh, four days to spend on that mural, so I ended up with just amount just enough time to get it all done because I think it was around I think it was like sixty by forty feet, so it was tall. I had like a really big scissor lift that I was kind of like going up and down on and everything. So working on that scale was initially extremely stressful for me, but then after like a day or two, it became really fun because it was nice to be outside and working with like spray paint and big brushes and stuff instead of like, you know, tiny little pens. So it was a really nice change. And now I think I've done I've done one more I've done another mural for them which was inside at the at the firm, and then I'm about to do this year I think we have a few other murals planned already so it should be good. That's awesome. Yeah, I was I I, I look I me mean, I I remember I think it was before I had reached out to you and I had seen um, in some of the groups you know people were saying you know the early stuff you'd started to put up there for this mural. And so it was when I later realized, you know, in trying to find out who, who did the artwork that it was you, it was kind of cool to see that full, full circle. But yeah, that looks, I mean, it looks great. The, the outcome is, is great, but just, I was really curious how from your very, you know, detailed, you know, pen and ink to, to that, how that progression went. Yeah, it was kind of tough. It was a definite kind of 180 for my mind, you know, having to, switched it out but we you know we kind of chose an image that well I kind of designed an image that I knew I'd be able to paint on a large scale you know I didn't set myself up for insane you know details and that kind of stuff especially because it was also on like brick it wasn't a perfectly flat wall so you know and I'm not a graffiti artist so I don't really I'm not like phenomenal with spray paint so I just kind of designed around that um, and thankfully, it it worked out really well. Um, we had just enough just enough time. <laughs> now, now, what is the the concept? It's you know, uh, what is you know, what is the art? How would you describe it? The mural, right? Um, well, it's like a. We didn't really have a a hugely strong like concept behind it. Gene pretty much said to me, he was like, "I want you to do a mural." that doesn't indicate we're a brewery. <laughs> so because I believe if they, you know, if you start saying it's a brewery or like have their name and stuff on it, then it's advertising. So you have to get like a whole bunch of different permits. So it was pretty much just, I was trying to come up with like a, like a dark figure sort of, me and Gene ended up kind of deciding that it was, sort of like like light worship you know like worshiping the sun almost um because it's like a really dark hooded figure kneeling down with one you know like kind of like clawed hand outreached you know kind of like levitating this glowing ball of light that's radiating out towards the edges so i mean conceptually i think we were just just going for like I don't know, the concept wasn't meant to be extremely specific. Uh, it was just kind of meant to be something that looked really awesome on a big wall. And so when we were talking about it, we didn't really dive too deeply into 
the concept of it. But with kind of what came out of it, you know, we like, you can kind of almost pull like a concept from it afterwards, almost more so than from before. Yeah. I look forward to going to uh, see it in person. Yeah. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of mysterious, but yet, you know, the, the light idea I think is good, especially, you know, being at the brewery without saying, Hey, look folks, we're a brewery or having, you know, hops everywhere or kind of the name so i think that's yeah interesting especially yeah you could argue that the the light is you know that's where all the beer is being brewed so that's kind of the the focal point of the of that universe whatever that is yeah definitely i think that's kind of also you know indicative of how tired hands like treats their like they can out and stuff too you know quite a few other labels you see like just have like hops and stuff on them and everything like the first few labels for me i was just doing stuff for them that was just way too basically beer related you know they didn't want like pictures that related to brewing on you know a can of beer that people are already buying from a brewery so you know it becomes like a little like a little much so once i'd kind of gotten that like once we had like made that connection or more specifically I had made that connection as to what they were wanting. They were just wanting, you know, a design that goes with the name of the beer and like with the style of the beer more than, you know, trying to just show that it's actually beer. So I think that kind of goes along with their mural too. You know, they don't try too hard to like, you know, they don't force their product on people. I think they kind of rely on people just knowing who they are, you know, and what their, like, beer tastes like, essentially. So when it comes to, like, the visual stuff, they definitely vie away from just kind of cheesy beer-related imagery, which is awesome. Yeah. It's really nice for me. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think that, and yeah, they've come out with some experimental beer. They try new flavors or, you know, new palettes that, you know, don't always hit home runs, but they're, they're willing to take that chance. And it's not just like, there's just a, there's a feeling when you go there. It's, it's definitely, uh, it's unique, which I really like. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's also what people like about it. They, you know, they don't always quite know what the beer is going to taste like you know, because they do so many different styles and flavors and everything, as you say, but they know that, you know, there's like a 99% chance it's going to be really good. (laughs) You know, maybe if you don't like it, it may just be, may not agree with your palate, but at least I think that's what people kind of enjoy about it too. They don't always know what they're getting. Yeah. I think, I think because of that almost avant-garde nature of it, I'm more willing to try something and not be like, oh, that was shit. It's like, ah, that's not for me. But, you know, yeah. I, I follow along with what they're doing and that beer sells out and then something new that comes up that's more, you know, my style. So I think that they're, yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy with it. So go Tired Hands. Yeah, all the way. Now, I guess maybe from your, your mom, you know, being in print, were you comfortable with the idea of creating artwork, you know, for – that smaller, you know, canvas of the can and, and that, and the whole, you know, printing of it, that whole aspect of it? Well, I think, 
I don't really think that like this stuff because my honestly my mom would work on pretty like large stuff. I think I probably actually pulled more in terms of like the can design from my time at SCAD when I was studying there because there's quite a bit of stuff that I learned at SCAD that I've never that I've never used because you know you had to take like painting classes and watercolor classes and that kind of stuff. Um, but definitely. I think one of the main things I learned there was just like a sense of design or a much better sense uh, of graphic design. So with the cans, it's been, it was something I had to get used to too, kind of having it, especially at first, because we were only doing the round label. So I was like kind of confined to a smaller round image. So I found that the easiest way for me to do that was actually like, make the physical drawing smaller so i would essentially physically limit how much detail i could put into it because like those alien church ones that look great on the can but if all three of those were like in that little round label or whatever you just wouldn't even be able to tell what they are because it's just too much detail so initially i just basically made the paper smaller you know so i would kind of force myself to treat it more of a, you know, more of a graphic design than just like a massive drawing. Um, and that would also, you know, stop me spending four or five days on like one label, which is just not feasible. <laughs> yeah. Now, how is that, how is that process from, okay, Gene says we have, you know, beer XYZ, uh, we need a label, you know, how, how quick is that, that go on average? Um, the timeline kind of varies, but generally, on average, we could probably get like a label done within the space of a week uh, from like absolute beginning, you know, because like I'll sometimes Gene will have a concept, sometimes he'll just have the name of the beer and I've got to come up with the concept. So depending on that, we'll do like the first round of sketches, which will kind of take me take a day because I'll like sketch half the day, send him my ideas, hear back from hear back from him either that day or the next day and then if there's not another round of sketches like i can pretty much do i can pretty much do a label in two days like inking it because it on average they probably take me around 20 hours to draw like from absolute from absolute beginning to end so i mean we have done i have done a label in a day before when they've contacted me and they like basically something went wrong and they didn't realize they needed artwork for a beer and we kind of did it from like beginning to end from like Sunday evening till like Tuesday morning or something. So we have done it really compressed before, but I, um, I've been trying to push to get like a little bit more time because, you know, they're working at such a fast rate. They'll just like throw work at me. And sometimes it's just with, when I have other work as well, it gets pretty chaotic. So I've been pushing to get like a little bit more time, which has happened and it works really well, but I'd say probably like a week from beginning to end. But, you know, that's with me working on other projects and stuff too. But if we just had to go like purely that artwork, like end to end, it'd probably be done in a couple of days. All right. Now, so obviously each situation is different, but is it a situation where 
you're showing, like you throw up a couple sketches and say, do you like this? Or depending, there's a vary where you have kind of autonomy to, to kind of run with it. No, we always do sketches and I'll show them to Gene because generally, I mean, a lot of the times I really do just get to come up with concepts that's mainly my idea. Um, you know, in certain beers, Gene has a really strong image for, but there's definitely, like I definitely send sketches for approval for every design, you know, because there's some beers that, they just want a different, they have a different feeling for it or whatever and of imagery. And I, you know, I haven't tasted the beer. I don't necessarily know like all the ingredients of the beer and stuff too. So there's definitely a back and forth. And I mean, sometimes I'll do a sketch and send it and Gina will go, okay, great. Love it. Like go with it. Or, you know, other times there'll be revisions or he wants a totally different idea. So it kind of varies label to label, but they definitely have the final say of imagery before I go, you know, to creating like the final version of it. Makes sense. Now, is that process of kind of like, oh, that's not what I was looking for. Is that something that has gotten easier? I know that that's, you know, it varies by artists. You know, some folks, you know, it's their art, so they might get personally attached but this is more of a commercial project so i think that it varies but is that something that yeah you, how do you take that the criticism you know so to speak well what's nice is that because gene himself draws and really like is really a fan of art and everything too he has he has like a really good way of conveying his thoughts on an image so Initially, initially, you know, when we were working together and, you know, they said they didn't really like something, I would, I would be like a little bit attached to it or something. But now, as I've, you know, we've kind of learned more from each other, now it's become, it's like a really, it's a pretty easy process in general. A lot of times it'll just be, I'll send sketches and if they're not going like, if they just don't seem to be on the right wavelength, Gene is thankfully very good at conveying what he's thinking um into like a you know visual terms because there's a lot of people i deal with who just can't you know they'll just kind of kind of say we want this and this and this and this and this and this you know for a small drawing but they have this huge thing in their head uh so luckily it's now at the point where Gene can just give me like really basic feedback and normally it's if it's not in the first round of sketches we'll generally get it in the second so gene gene speaks nerd speaks so you guys are kind of the same yeah vernacular which is good yeah it's really it really helps and i think we both have pretty similar kind of ideas and um concepts for it so more often than not it works out pretty smoothly excellent now what are the, some of the other projects that you're that you're working on i saw you know, some of your recent stuff um is it are you working on stuff for the adult swim or is that just how you you're referencing it in your your artwork um well the adult swim pro that was work for or for adult swim but that's actually that was completed at the end of last year i um i'm just i did like 15 little like weekly comic panels for their website uh so 
currently on Instagram, I'm just sharing all of those like in order because I realized I hadn't shared all of them. Um, and it's been a while since I like already thought about them. So I'm just posting those now, but that was a project from last year. Um, yeah, currently I just got done with some, quite a few commissions actually. I did like a few posters and then a couple shirt designs. And then right now I am actually kind of working on some stuff of my own to release some shirts and prints and products and stuff within a month or two. That was meant to happen earlier, but I've been so busy with commission stuff and tied hand stuff that it was kind of put on hold for a little bit. Uh, but that's probably what you're seeing. Like if I'm posting the next, like this past week or the next few days, it's probably all personal work. Excellent. Yeah. And I like, again, if you go to Mike's website, Mike Lawrence illustration, uh, com, and just some of the, the images, it's kind of like, I had this idea, I needed to get it on paper. And I really just, I, that resonated with me. I, I like that idea that you just had something that you really needed to just kind of get out of your head and onto paper and share with folks. So that was really great. Yeah. That's, more often than not, that's kind of how my personal work starts, you know, because I'm always like thinking whether I'm drawing or not, I'm always just kind of thinking of stuff or I'll have a random thought or like be talking with friends or my wife or something. And then I'll just have an idea for an image, you know, and I'll just jot it down like on my phone or like write it down somewhere. And then I just kind of, I'll be like thinking about it before I'm even, you know, have even started drawing it. And then by the time I'm done, I like have to just, get it onto paper. <laughs> well, well, thank you for sharing those. I, I, I enjoy them. And like I said, I really, you know, fell color colorblinder. The, the black and white uh, is really, it's really crisp and resonates with me. Well, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you. <laughs> I was worried at first. I don't know. I've had like people, so many people ask me if I do color and stuff, but I think now at this point, people pretty much accept it that it's just black and white. Um, only exception is actually I have been doing some like you probably noticed like colored stuff for tired hands actually. Um, just just because we got speaking and honestly like if I was gonna do the more cans I do for them with because there's such a kind of like a limited viewing area on the can initially because it's a pretty narrow uh, field of view that if all the cans are just you know, just black and white and like all my style, then they would just kind of start blending kind of into each other. It'd be hard to make every can, you know, pop out from each other. So that was one request that Tired Hands made was that I start doing some color in it. Um, and I, on, I like did resist it for a while. I said, no, <laughs> initially I'd like kind of refused to do it, but after meeting with them in person and stuff and then just kind of talking about it, we decided to give it a shot. Um, so right now I'll just ink everything normally and then scan it in and I'll do all the coloring in Photoshop. So, you know, I'll do the coloring and then, and it'll be pretty much, I'll handle all of that. And then I'll, you know, send the layered file over to tired hands. And if they want, they can adjust the colors, you know? Oh, um, all right. That's yeah so yeah so there'll be because there'll be times when i do because i know that my color work isn't amazing but i'll know where, where like where i want color in the image so like i don't know if you saw the last like that drippy church one drippy I did. church yeah that was the one yeah I was about. yeah so there was like the gray background and then just 
pretty simple yellow like that one was exactly actually as i did it but you know we were playing around with just changing the yellow basically to another color to like an orange or something like that so we figured out that system now where we figure out the sketches i do the drawing and all the design and then the coloring and send it to them and then if need be they can kind of tweak the colors a little bit um which has only happened once i think where they changed some of the colors but it's been pretty fun kind of doing it that way and just kind of working with a really basic color palette but otherwise i'm still pretty much sticking to black and white yeah, I think that, yeah, I think your your point, I mean, you're originally if you're only doing a handful, so you have to, you know, mix it up a little bit. But I think it, I think it pops, and I think it's not uh, too oversaturated with the color. I think it's just enough where, you know, it makes it you know, stick out, and uh, it, it's a good can. It's a good can, not that. Yeah, exactly. It's just I try and keep the colors pretty low saturation, and I'll use a maximum of two, you know, so even if it's it is yeah it has been two so far so even if it's like a really complicated image and stuff the the coloring will be really basic um because i still want to keep it you know i try and keep like even if i use color i essentially i'll just use like gray sometimes <laughs> so that's kind of cheating but you know I, I try and keep it to look look like my work at least right now when you're creating, obviously, I mean, I would assume that you're from the work you're doing and the the band work you're doing that you're a, you're a metal guy. Is there certain music you're listening to when you're creating that you're into, or how how is that process? Um, I'm definitely a metal guy. Um, I I don't know. I'm pretty much always playing music, like in my studio generally just depending on you know because I'll, I'll range to you know I like like slower stuff or much faster stuff it all just kind of depends on the mood um but I'll generally have music on sometimes if I'm like actually really trying to figure out a part of a drawing I won't have anything on it'll just be quiet um but at a certain point in a drawing kind of at the same point where i was talking about i can do like a live stream because it's a little bit more autonomous i'll a lot of times i'll listen to audiobooks too because uh, they're like a really i used to read a lot and now i don't read a lot because i'm drawing all the time so it's a nice way to kind of you know theoretically read or, or listen to books at least while i'm doing illustrations so i'll do i'll do that too but probably more often than not it would be music um and it would just be kind of whatever i'm listening to at that point well stuff i've been listening to recently has been um well power trip i'm not sure if you know who they are um no, their latest album was great yeah one thing we won't be able, um, one thing we won't be able to rep on go back and forth on is kind of metal music i interviewed yeah i interviewed a, another artist who i would I don't know if you like connect artists together. This sounds weird, but uh, David Paul Seymour, he's out of Minnesota and he does work for this brewery in North Carolina called Burial and he's a big metal guy. And yeah. so in looking at his stuff and the work that he's doing, I kind of found that I was, I, I enjoyed a lot of the, you know, less mainstream artists that he was working with. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty open-minded, so who knows, but I w going into this project, I definitely would have, wouldn't have been able to say that. Oh, uh, cool. 
he's a great artist. I love uh, David's work. I actually did. I um, I did like a little piece for, as like a it was like an employee gift for the um, employees of Burial Brewing. Their owner actually got me to do it for them. <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I know his work. He does some really really cool stuff. Yeah, they're um, coming out with yours at such a fast rate. Yeah, they're coming out with a movie, uh, full length, like animated metal movie, Planet of Doom. So that's that's been really cool to see. Oh really? I don't know that. Yeah, I'll send you. Yeah. yeah, if you go to his to Instagram, it yeah, it's yeah, it's really cool. He's a big uh, metal guy too. Does a little podcast and stuff like that. So it's it was cool to connect with him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Well, I'm actually going to do like a really awesome uh, show tonight. It'll be uh, the headliners of a band called Nails, and then there's a Toxic Holocaust and another band called Gay Creeper. Who are all really amazing. So I do like going to concerts as much as I can. Uh, there's a lot in Atlanta. So I used to live like a, a block away from, you know, like a really big venue. So I'd be going to shows weekly, almost a couple times a week. So it's still something I I try and do as often as I can. But right now I'm like we're like 30 minutes outside of the city so i have to drive in but i still try and catch as many live shows as i can awesome that's we definitely agree on that yeah yeah like i said i did radio and then i uh managed a couple of bands so yeah before we procreated we would uh be at concerts several times a week so it slowed down it slowed down yeah. a little bit with the spawn but you know we definitely try to do what we can yeah <laughs> it happens yeah Awesome. Well, I wanted to, Mike, thank you so much for making yourself available. It's really interesting, and I'm a big fan of your work. I really found it insightful um, to kind of see your process and, you know, and learn, you know, how you came on my radar. And, you know, uh, if folks haven't got a chance, you check out Mike Illustrated on Instagram and then MikeLawrenceIllustration.com. Um, I think the Mike Illustrated is probably the Instagram is the most up to date with things going on. Yeah, I've come to learn definitely. Yeah, artists who are busy, which is always a good thing. You know, self uh, updating and working on their websites is you know seems to keep falling to the to the wayside. So that's a that's <laughs> that's another another common theme. So yeah, I think that the, yeah for sure. So yeah, it, it, I, I'd always worry if you know I looked and the website was last updated you know a couple of days ago and. <laughs> I think mine's from April last year. Yeah, exactly. So that's a good sign. Yeah, it's a, it's a good sign. I'm really excited. So this is great. And um, next time you're in Philly, let me know. I love to, you know, love to make the introduction. I don't, I don't get to Atlanta as much, but I do have a, a couple clients I think down that way. So maybe I can squeak it cool. out. Cool. I'll yeah. be in, I'll be in Philly in a month. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, actually, yeah. Right. Maybe I'll hit you up and we can meet. Yeah, come on down and I'll definitely uh, do it up. You know, let's uh, grab a beer and just kind of, yeah. Definitely. Thanks very much for having me involved. I'm looking forward to the finished product. All right, my friend. Keep doing what you're doing and, uh, yeah, thanks for creating. It's uh, make things be- makes things better. <laughs> Thank you. All right, cheers. Have a good day. Cheers. See ya. And there we have it, the Mike Lawrence interview, the essential Mike Lawrence interview. You're listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. It would have been great when I asked Mike what kind of music he likes. 
And it was just kind of like, oh, I'm in some really easy listening. Little Kenny G. Maybe little Simon and Garfunkel bridge over troubled waters. Things get a little crazy. But no, the music we're featuring tonight are... Dun, 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 this is Power Trip. Our artist that the mic mentioned he liked in the interview, so we featured uh, to start the show off. We had a little nails for you. Then we went a little classic Black Sabbath, and then we had this one is Power Trip off their brand new album. Bringing it to you. It's the little things, kids. It is the little things. We want to thank you for taking the time to join us. We also want to thank those who've uh, taken their time to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review or just rate the show. Every little bit helps. A couple clicks, a couple kind words, maybe a few superlatives, and you're good to go. But we are here each and every week, so however, however you came to find us, we do appreciate it. Hopefully you're downloading, sharing, streaming, a little pirating. We do appreciate it. So... If you're new, new to us, welcome. And if you're, uh, you've are you been here with us through the whole 12-pack, got a nice little buzz on, we still got more, so, so pace yourself. We're here each and every week. Every Tuesday, we release the visual kind of text version of the article. We try to give it a short and abridged version of the interview, but they've been so, so good lately. It's been hard to do that, so I, I do apologize if they're a little wordy, but it's also a good opportunity for us to showcase the artists. Then every Friday, the episodes are uploaded and officially kicked off onto the, the pod work interwebs. And then they appear there for you on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Try asking Alexa to play us. It's really cool. And don't forget, you can also listen and download via the website 160zcanvas.com. It's that easy. You can get to chat with the artist and discover. So get in touch. Let us know what you're thinking. Any feedback you have or artists we need to be checking out, don't be shy. We'd love to connect with you. You can look for us on Instagram, 160Z Canvas. You can also check us out via the World Wide Web on Facebook and Twitter of the same name. We look forward to bringing you our next twirl pack and continue with the very deliberate yet awfully cheesy beer puns. And if you got any good ones, please reach out. I am AJ, and I thank you once again for taking the time, and we will see you next week. Have a good one, everybody. And now, for a preview of episode 13, featuring Michael Van Hall, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Excellent. So, yeah, like I said, you know, we we learned about you, uh, actually reverse, um, you know, I, I've been to Aslan, but I, I actually learned about you um, via Stillwater, and, you know, I think that's was really kind of interesting to, to kind of it's creepy in a way, but you're trying to do research on you and see what you've been up to and, and go that way. So I really think you have a, you know, unique style to you. I think it's, which I really like, but can you kind of, you know, not maybe elevator level, but just kind of give a little background about, about yourself as an artist and, you know, how you started, you know, getting into it, not necessarily the beer, but just kind of, you know, 30,000 feet, Michael Van Hall, the artist. Oh, sure, sure. So I um, <clears throat> used to be a, uh, a lawyer in D.C. Uh, where I still I'm still in D.C. But um, but I just got tired of being a lawyer and always had like a creative bent. So I figured I'd try my hand at 
jumping into the art world and um, you know over a couple of years kind of honed what I thought was my style you know the thing that came naturally when I was faced with you know a topic or a problem what was what's the art that came out so that's that's where the style came from and I guess I had a lot of influence from uh, from modernist artists um, stuff from the you know 50s 60s uh, a lot of typography, uh, and yeah. So once I once I got the feel, I started putting stuff out there to see who would bite, um, and also tried to combine my interest in beer and wine and spirits and food with the art and see if I could uh, introduce my style into that world because I, I wasn't seeing. I wasn't seeing minimalism as much as I wanted to, and I thought it could uh, could at least provoke conversations. Um, so yeah. Well, yeah, I think that. So, a lawyer. Wow. So you were a suit. Now you're an art arts guy. That's pretty. Yeah, pretty, right. pretty good. Now, what was your area of kind of focus with art? I mean, excuse me, with law. With law, um, I worked uh, at technology companies uh, in house. I got lucky in that um, I DC isn't really wasn't at the time. This is probably a decade ago. It wasn't at the time a uh, a big tech hub, um, but so there was. I was a lot of competition for jobs, but I was interested in doing entrepreneurial things. So I just jumped right in house instead of having to go through a uh, through a law firm or something, which is scary on the one hand, but because there's a huge amount of responsibilities from HR stuff all the way to mergers and acquisitions. But, um, but luckily I had good teams that, that knew what they were doing to, you know, support and help. And, and I was able to kind of learn on the job stuff that you don't learn when you're in law school. Now, did your family think that you were crazy when you said you were going to give up the, you know, the, the law? No, you know, they thought I was crazy when, I went to be a lawyer. Oh, artist. okay. All right. Yeah. An artist. So. They're like, what are you doing there? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. No, that's a good story. Yeah.